God bless you guys, and it's a joy to be here. This is, I was here Friday, and I was here this morning, and they said that you guys are the best listeners, okay? That's, I don't know if that's true or not, but you are the best listeners. So uh, my friend, he gave me a tough subject to speak on, and hopefully as I speak on the subject, the Lord's going to speak to our hearts, and that when we leave here, we are leaving different. Okay, so let me pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you that you are the great God. Lord, I ask that you speak through me, speak to us, that we may be encouraged in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, before I start, uh, my wife is here. So Sharon, stand up. My wife here. So that means I have to be really careful what I say because she's. <laughs> and uh, I think I have a daughter in the back and a granddaughter in the back. So, hi. <laughs> you know, I noticed the seating arrangement. Why don't guys way in the back? You must be Clipper fans. You guys way in the back over there, huh? <laughs> All right. Stay over there, Clipper fans. All right. The Lord has allowed me to become, be the chaplain for the last 32 years of, uh, of my life, being involved with the Lakers. Not only the Laker players, but we get the chance to witness also and speak to the visiting players. So as the players would come in, we have the Lakers here and whoever the other team is here, and we would have Bible studies together. And that's why it's very important that you come to church with your Bibles. Very important that you want to hear from the Lord what he has to say to you from the word of God. And so I would give out the Bibles to the guys and uh, they would be in it. They would be in the word. And a couple of times this happened. After the study was over, I saw one of the visiting players walking, walking with one of my Bibles, you know. So I would run after them. Hey, sir. Hey, sir. But the guys were like 6'11". Uh, can I have my Bible, please? You know, <laughs> funny things happen, but the Word of God is so good and so uh, entertaining to our hearts. Let me share a little bit about, turn with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. This is something about the tongue. The power of the tongue. The tongue is the main expression of our personality usually calls forth an immediate reaction of one kind or another. Out of our tongues, mean words come through. Married couples, we say mean things to each other. Friends, we say mean things to each other. Brothers and sisters, because of our tongues. And as I was preparing for the study, the tongue is all over the Bible, our speech. And it is amazing some of the, the, the songs I hear. See, I have an old car, and I'm at a light, and when the cars come up, boom, 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 you know, all that, that noise and stuff. But the profanity that spews out of the speakers, it's everywhere. But it shouldn't be in the Christian home. 
We're not perfect. We blow it. We blow it. We blow it. But it shouldn't be. But it is. But you know, when it happens, our God is so good and so graceful, we just ask for forgiveness, and then we walk our way. A lot of times, uh, we don't do that. So, the tongue in James chapter 3, verse 1, he says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive the stricter judgment. First of all, he's saying, if you're going to be a teacher of the Word of God, you better take it seriously. To stand before people, to speak the truth. Because sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. Sometimes people get mad at you. But we're to speak the truth. Because a greater judgment is going to come to us. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 35 through 36, he says this. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account on the day of judgment. Not only to the pastors, but to each and every one of us. Every idle word that we speak, God writes it down. Maybe in your home, maybe at work, where you play, but the Lord hears. And we have a lot of idle words that we say. I'm not talking only you, I'm talking to myself too. Because I'm not perfect. Idle words come out of my mouth that shouldn't be there. But the Lord this morning wants to help us. He wants to help us. God is not up there condemning us. If it was, none of us would be here. He wants our lives to be changed. He wants our hearts to be changed by his power. It's very important that we become people of the word of God. Because if you become a person of God, he changes the heart. You know what we have nowadays? Many religious people, but no relationship with God. We have many people this Sunday who go to churches all over the place and really do not have a relationship with Christ. But we know the language of a Christian, but do we live the life of the Christian? That's very important. The Lord is not looking for a religious person, okay? He's looking for a person that loves him, who has a walk with him. When he fails or she fails, ask for forgiveness and continue that walk. I had an opportunity to play uh, a little bit of basketball in high school. I played basketball, baseball, football. Not good in either, but I had an opportunity to play. I played uh, a little bit in college. But back in my day, you guys hear now, you hear about trash talk on the NBA basketball and football and baseball, right? Trash. But when I played, we had real trash talk. See, I wasn't a Christian. We talked about people's mamas, and it, it was bad. <laughs> it, it was really bad. You don't talk about people's mothers. 
You know, the dads, okay, but when you come to the mama talk. So, uh, like I said, I wasn't a Christian, and I was one of the guys. Yeah, you know, I would, would, would talk with, a, uh, with bad language and all these things. And um, because I grew up in a home where it was constant. For my dad, it was constant. And one of the things in my life, uh, I, I said, I would never, it would never come from my mouth to my family because what my, I heard through my dad. And like I said, I wasn't a Christian growing up. And one night I came home, TV was on, and a pastor was speaking. And as he was speaking, something was hitting me here I didn't know. Now I know it was Holy Spirit, but I didn't know then. I bowed down, without, nobody talking to me. I bowed down beside my bed. I prayed the sinner's prayer to receive Christ Jesus in my heart. I got off my knees. First of all, I didn't hear no voices, no thunder, no nothing. I got off my knees. I was a new person. Man, talk about excited. And I love people. And I just couldn't help it. I was so just excited about Jesus because he changed my life, but also he changed my tongue. He changed my tongue. I have other problems, but... That's not one of them, because he changed it. The Lord wants to change your tongues also. He wants to work in your life, through your life, because there's people outside the church walls that need to hear from true Christians that we are not perfect, that we fail also. They don't want to hear from hypocrites like we got everything together. They want to hear from real people. And you in this room, God has gifted you, put you in different areas, different areas. You meet different people because you are his workmanship. You. He's allowed me, like I said, to share with the Lakers, but all of us work together for his kingdom, for his glory. So no one can brag. You know how the tongue is good at bragging? And dropping names, things like that. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Verse, where am I, dear? Oh, okay. Verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by very small rudder whenever the pilot desires. You know, it's amazing. I'm not, I guess I'm a chicken, but I never rode a horse or nothing like that. And uh, my granddaughter that's in the back chasing my other granddaughter, uh, when she was 10 years old, my daughter had a party for her. And guess what it was doing? Riding horses, right? So I'm, I'm all scared. My, my granddaughter's on this horse. Big old horse, you know. I'm thinking, oh, wow. But I noticed she would turn the horse this way, that way, and the horse would be in control. Just like out of our windows where we're staying, we look outside, we see these big old boats, these big old ships, little rudder. But the tongue, you can't control that. You can't control that. Matter of fact, verse, the next verse says this. 
Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. The tongue weighs about 2.5 ounces. It is used to swallow, taste, help with our speech, and all good, and that's all good and necessary. But man, it's a little member. Little member. I guarantee you, read your Bibles where it talks about the tongue, about speech, and about your mouth. You'll be blown away how much God has put in his word concerning that. Because God wants us to uplift people. He wants us to encourage people. When people are down, not to step on them, but to encourage them. I had the opportunity, um, I believe it was about four years ago, at the chapel, the, warrior, the warriors were in town, and uh, Stephen Curry, he had a, uh, his ankle was messed up, so he was walking, he didn't play, he was walking, his ankle was messed up. So as he was going back to his locker, I ran up to him and said, Steph, let me, let me pray for you, because I see your ankle messed up. He turned around and looked, he said, okay. So I prayed with him, and... Um, I wish I could say he was healed right there, but I prayed with him. <laughs> he walked on back, and I seen him probably a couple years later, because, you know, I wanted, to make sure, I wanted to see that he really remembered me, right? So I said, hey, Steph, he said, what's up? I said, remember when I came and prayed for you for your ankle? He said, yeah. You know, he came right to me. He said, yeah, Stephen Curry is a real believer in Christ Jesus. I'm so old that I did chapel with his dad, Dale Curry, and also with Michael Thompson, I did with his son, Clay Thompson. And that's how God has allowed me to use my tongue, speech about the Lord. I never talked to them about playing. Never. Never. But we come to talk about the word of God. Let me go to the next verse. He says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a whirl of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and sets on fire by hell. And I was sharing, uh, what was it, about three or four months ago, Paradise, the city that burnt on fire near Sacramento, one spark burnt the whole city down. I have friends up there close to the area. Nobody can go back and live. The whole city was burnt down. Guess what? The tongue is worse than that. How we destroy people with it. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set amongst our members that it defiles the whole body, sets on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire by hell. Every kind of beast and bird, of, of reptile and creatures, the sea is tamed, also is tamed, but no man can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. So it says this, <clears throat> it all begins with the heart. Walking daily under the guidance control, guidance control, the power of the Holy Spirit. Getting into the Word of God daily so that He can transform the way we think, that we may ultimately change the condition of our heart. And change, a changed heart can bring about a godly tongue that speaks godly things. 
How about your heart? Is it changed? It was amazing. Uh, after the first service, a lady came up to me and said she repented before the Lord because of her tongue. Because her tongue was wicked. That's what she told me. I said, wow, okay. She looked all nice and innocent. And I was thinking, this coming out of your mouth? But you know what? The Lord spoke to her, and she repented before God. And that's what it's all about. Do we need to repent before the Lord with our tongues, things we say? Verse 8, but no one can tame the tongue as unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who were made in the similitude or likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt and water are fresh. He's saying, let's get the tongue under control. How do we get it under control? Going to the Lord and asking him, and let's get things right before him. And these are some of the scriptures uh, I got out of the Bible that God spoke to my heart. Before I share this, I want to share, um, I believe it was about a week ago, I was watching the news as I was doing the study. And Two cars, uh, it was road rage. They got into it, so they pulled into a uh, store. One, one car left. This was on, on the news. One car left, and the guy shot the car, and the car had fireworks in it, and it all blew up, and four people were really messed up, and I think two of the kids were really hurt bad. And road rage comes from an angry tongue. I don't know about here, but in L.A., I tell my wife, Tell my two daughters that you're driving, if they cut in front of you, whatever. Be cool. Be cool. Because people are angry inside. People have rage. They do anything because they didn't get their way. The four, the four people and the two kids, because of speech, maybe messed up for life. In Psalms. 141.3, he says this, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch of the doors of my lips. Proverbs 21.23, Whoever guards his tongue, excuse me, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Psalms 31.1, Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Proverbs 10.31, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse of the tongue will be cut out. Psalms 34, 13. I say, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. 1 Peter 3:10. He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Finally, in Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. You see, sometimes we are put in a position where we have to talk, speak sternly to people, tough to people, but it should be done with grace. Because when you do it with grace, they might not like you or whatever, but you know they're going to know it's something different because you've been, you spoke with grace. And God has put us in that position. 
In closing, verses 13 through 18, he says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness and in wisdom. You know the word meekness? You know what meekness means? Um, it's like a wild horse that is tamed. He's under control. He still has the power, but that's what meekness is all about. It's not weakness. Christians are not to be weak, to be meek, meaning controlled under power. I remember doing a Bible study uh, in my early years when this guy by the name of Carl uh, Malone, some of you guys know him. The mailman, you got it. The mailman was six foot nine, all muscle. And here I am, I'm speaking on hell. I remember talking about hell, blah, 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 blah. I look up, I see him kind of flex. I said, oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, I, I just kept on teaching the word of God. But we are to be meek people. And uh, it's very important. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. You see, uh, we're not to be envious of people. Husbands, you're not to be envious of other people's wives or your own wife. You know, it's, it's amazing how men are, but also it's amazing how women are. Envious of people's houses, people's cars, people's bank accounts. When you're envious of these things, you, you're, not, you're saying that God is not providing for your needs, not your wants. But we envy the tongue. We, we are bitter also. Uh, things maybe hap maybe may have happened in our lives a long time ago, and still there's a flame there. Bitterness. Then it pops out. You never know. It pops out. Things that happened years ago. But you know, once you walk with the Lord and you ask God forgiveness, He puts a little grace in that spot. So if that spot comes up in your mind, hey, God's cleansed me. He's washed me. Nothing spews out. Because you truly ask for forgiveness. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly and sensuous and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking excuse me, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Now the fruits of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And I remember uh, when I gave my life to Christ, uh, I came home and uh, the TV was on and the guy was praying, so I bowed down on my knees, I prayed, and I was so excited. The first person I called was my girlfriend, who sits right there, but she's my wife now, but I got to say she was my girlfriend, right? And she was watching the same program the same time without us even telling each other. And she gave herself to the Lord too. So 
My marriage is a, is a miracle from God, put us together, and what, what was it, three months, four months later, we get married, it's been 37 years, God has put us together. That's God's grace, that's God's grace. So husbands, uh, you know, sometimes we, you know, we have little arguments, little arguments, and uh, we need to uh, clean that up. A lot of times it's men. Uh, our uh, arrogance, our, our pride, our want to get our ways, uh, things like that. Sometimes it's women too. But we need to get that stuff straight. Look at them over there shaking hands. <laughs> we need to get that stuff straight, as the Bible says, before we go to sleep. Uh, that's what God desires. And I want to thank you for allowing me to come here to share the gospel with you. And like I told you, he gave me a, a tough subject. And the subject, I had to read it first. God had to deal with me first in reading about these things. It's, oh, man, me, me, me. And uh, like I said, God has blessed me to speak with professional athletes. Uh, the tallest guy I ever spoke to was Manute Bowl. He was seven foot six. I believe, seven foot six. To me, when I saw him, I thought he was a walking skeleton. He was tall, big guy. But the shortest guy was uh, Muggsy Bowles, who's five foot three, he played in the NBA. And I've had a lot of friends from the, the visiting teams that I had a chance, uh, had a good relationship with uh, Kevin Durant, uh, Westbrook, Different teams, because I was there for so long, I came in when they, in their rookie year. So they made sure uh, it was chapel time that they would come in. If they didn't come in, I would make sure I would go get them to come in because uh, they need to be saved too. And another thing that a lot of people, we always hear about the bad things that the professional athletes do. It's all, it's all over the radio, it's all over the news. And that's what we think all the time. But a lot of these guys, they love God, they stand for God. Some of them go and do missionary work when uh, their season's over. A lot of people don't know about that. Some give to uh, hospitals. You don't hear about that. But there are a lot of nice, true ball players that really love Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that you will love Jesus Christ with all your heart. And let's be for real with him. Let's walk with him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you for who you are. Lord, uh, we had a hard subject, but Lord, you give grace. And you want our speech to be a representative of you, God. You want our speech to be filled with grace and love and mercy. Thank you for this church. I pray that you would bless the pastors here, Lord, and all the workers, God, and that this church may grow in grace and in love, and in mercy. Thank you for the singers here, God, that you continue to bless them. For you such a good God. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.